is up everybody my name is james d fiore and this is blackball uh lately i found myself the fortunate um recipient i guess would say or the fortunate benefactor of having personal friends come on the podcast i've had them before sort of scattered here and there um but in the last month uh we got to talk to uh, melissa lauren we got to talk to um adam can we got to talk to tara msensky People that actually know me, know me. And so I can't, not that I would anyways, but I can't put on any fronts. It also changes the interview because what's the point in trying to be Walter Cronkite when Walter's interviewing his wife or something or his brother? It doesn't make any sense. This guest today, if I had to choose somebody in my life where it was sort of, where they represented um, my sort of interest in hip hop culture, he would be probably at the top of that mountain. I don't like to rank, but but he'd be there. Um, he was one of those cats where in my, uh, where I grew up, also known as the Mecca of hip hop, which is Whitby, Ontario, the home of the Marigold, right? Um, what, what, represent? I'm always reminded of Missy Me when someone says represent. She's like, you don't represent, you just rent. But in our neighborhood, um, there were two cats that were above all else, the, the ones that embodied hip hop. Um, and it was mostly through the music. And um, one of them was Sheldon Moore. Uh, he was a buddy. He was a good friend of my guest today. Um, Sheldon passed away late last or last year. And um, But these two gentlemen were what hip-hop was to the cats like me who were rappers who were trying to find studios or beats or something just so we could like exercise our love of this art form. And um, yeah, that status of sort of like OG of like good hip-hop... Um, you know, that's a badge that I would wear. And it's interesting because it's not a uh, subjective debate where I live. Um, so find the Sheldon Moore and the Nigel Williams in your area as soon as you can. Nigel Williams, how are you, buddy? I'm good, James. I'm good, man. I'm good. Does it make you feel old when I call you basically the oracle of uh, whippy hip-hop? <laughs> you know? No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, yeah. uh Makes me feel good. What do I in? Uh, did you watch the Grammys' fiftieth performance for hip hop? Uh, I did not watch that. Why? Tell me about it. Go ahead. Is this was this the pop quiz that you were telling me about? Well, so you called me to be on your show to talk about <laughs> hip hop, and you don't watch the fiftieth <laughs> um, uh, commemorative performance on the Grammys. Not, I, I, do you? Do you understand the um, the main motivation for wanting to book guests? Yes, I do. Yeah. There's, I do. there's not there's well, not I, much I, prep work, right? I figured <laughs> there would be that, that that would be a thing of so that made me feel old. <laughs> that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watching that because I with all of everyone that came up, I got teary eyed. I all these performers, and they only did like maybe eight bars in the chorus of their of their whatever big song it was and yeah it was, just, it was just great 
It was just fantastic. That's that's what I was going to call you on. But oh. yeah, man, that, was a, that was a great intro. I want to give a shout out to another um, Durham boy, Jim Sharp. That intro is dope. I yes. It, slow, it starts slowing and speeds up. It reminds me of you. Oh, you <laughs> that's Nigel's way of saying that I have a shaky flow. Um, but I, I, no, hold on, be, hold on, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I want to actually, I, I actually owe Jim an apology. I actually owe Jim Sharp an apology. Um, because I have neglected to really like talk about how the fact that he just did me a solid and made me that intro. And, um, and I love it. And it feels like, does it have that, um, you know, that famous um, drum loop? that Public Enemy used, that Madonna used, you know, uh, Justify Your Love thing. Yeah. I, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's the drums that he used in the end of that because I know he likes to go to that drum uh, sample or whatever because he got props, I think, once from uh, The Roots or someone. I, yeah. I, I think I remember that break, but that break is so, you know, like that break is you can put that or... Is that Apache? No, that's not Apache. That's not Okay. I, I can't remember exactly who the break who that break is. Yeah. But like it's 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 like it's it's synonymous as impeach the president or funky drummer or the Bernard Purdy sh- shuffle. It's one of those it's just Or like, or Rob Bass's hit it. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Rob Bass doesn't get enough credit. Have you like if you right now put on a modern like beat, like a hip hop beat like twenty twenty three just came out, and you drop um It Takes Two over that it kills anything that's today that that is lyrically and like not not anything okay i retract anything but i'm just saying it wouldn't sound dated the good thing about mumble rap is that yeah Nadja, can you hear me oh. now listen the the, the yeah, good yeah, thing yeah, about yeah, yeah, the yeah, good yeah. the good thing about mumble rap is that it shook the etch a sketch <laughs> and now old is better than new in a lot of ways when it comes to that kind of stuff like there's no it doesn't sound dated Mumble rap kind of was the glitch in the matrix that took away the datedness, you know? Uh, I don't know. Like, like this new, um, this new, the new beats, I feel, have less character. The sprinkler yeah. snares and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, it, and it's gone back to 808 beats and, and that kind of thing. Like, but listen, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to sound like an old, an old, an old angry rapper. But like, <laughs> I have uh, bad news, Nigel. You're, you're kind of an old angry. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't hit me the same way that um, Rob Bass would hit you. Like that gets everybody hyped all the time, right? Yeah, we've had this conversation before about how I'm a person who I cannot bring myself to to like go back and listen to to shit that I feel is dated. And when I and I, the guy that straddles the dated voice to me is Kumodi. Oh. And I had to wave to Kumo D because he was the last of the good lyricists, but with the yeah. with the with the dated voice, you know. Yeah. The the only thing that stopped Kumo D from being Big Daddy Kane kind of street was his voice, right? Like it was, he sounded like on the weekends he was like, you know, he taught pottery or something. Like it yeah. just that's what it reminds me of. I know. <laughs> like 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 he was Houdini's bastard or something. <laughs> You know, um, pocket dwellers. So, so let me go back. Actually, my intro. I think I want to stay on that for a second. So, Whippy, uh, I joke that it's the mecca of hip hop. What interestingly though, the 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 cats who came out of that area, that general area, Durham region or whatever, that like 
there was a lot of like purists, like hip hop purists and, and people loyal to like what they thought it was. And, uh, and there were people that, that weren't. But I was talking about this with, uh, I think it was either Chip Fu or Kenny Parker about how sometimes, and I'm not that saying great, it's... Wait, but Kenny Parker was a great interview, man. Oh, thanks, man. I, I, the audio kills me on that one. They all kill me. Um, but sometimes people complain about the audio on this. Yeah, I know. Okay. You right. know what? I don't think I'm being real with my fans if they don't see a shitty camera and bad audio. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it real here. That's all I'm trying to do. Free. <laughs> yeah. J- James's okay. podcast is the equivalent to pause beats. I should call it the podcast. Okay. Um, but but the the idea of if you're this is I'm speaking mostly for myself. If, if you're if you're outside of a culture. And then guys like me want to participate inside the culture. We'll use this example, the art form, the music. Sometimes I feel like um, there's certain cats that are motivated to be even more kind of like pay more deference to the cultural aspects of it. That's why when you always joke that my backpack is on too tight, I'm like, I'll wear those scars proudly. Like, you know what I mean? Because it, it, it feels, I don't know, respectful or something. I, I don't know. Like, I took that shit seriously when, uh, like, the shit about, like, wanting to know the, the sort of, like, um, trajectory of hip-hop, the chronological part of the music, and, 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 and sort of, you know, knowing, I, I, knowing your history. I, Go ahead. Well, I, I think, like anything, like, if I wanted to get into, uh, <laughs> uh, I, if I, if I want to get into um, ring dancing or, uh, or, um, or, do, doing powwows and so forth. I have to have a certain amount of education about that, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, I'm going to be called on it immediately because I'm not. I'm a stranger. I'm. I'm a uh, not a stranger. I'm a. I'm a guest. I'm a, You're a, a guest. guest. Yeah. I'm a guest, right? So I feel that that has always kind of been with, with uh, especially, a white kid from Whippy. Man. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, I know. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, know. You, you have to. You have to dot your eyes and. And and, uh, and, um, and cross your T's. Yeah, so, I had. So, so I, I think that's important. I had this chat with my nephew the the, the other day about how um, I think I needed to go through that initial. I didn't know you when I was this young, but I went through an initial identity crisis. Literally, like I was like wearing like. Well, I, I was grifted in Miami. This lady, I, I wanted to buy this thing because I saw it in a De La Soul video or something. It was just like this medallion. But she told me that it was uh, a free Mandela. That's what it meant. And I, had, and I fucking put that thing on, and I just almost got beat up thousands of times. <laughs> I just don't know. And you know. And but I'm glad I went. I, I'm glad in hindsight I cringe mostly at the fashion and maybe the way I spoke for a year or something like that. Because what came out of that was something um, that I, I'm still doing to this day. Like, make no mistake, I'm not a believer. It, it's probably my religion if I had to have something as a religion. It makes me feel good when I listen to it. I write it, so I'm participating actively in the faith, you know? Um, not to bring up your ill preparation with this, but watching the, uh, watching the, Grammy, watching the Grammy performance. It was on last night, James. Um, yeah. And I don't watch the Grammys, but it was hip-hop. Is this you? Is this you being a guest in white people culture that we're we're hearing right now? The Grammys? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. An, an award show. Anyways, go ahead. Um, the performances were. Oh, I lost my train of thought of why. Oh, I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> you, you you were talking you were you were talking about the Grammys that I didn't tune into because I didn't do my right. homework. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, the, re- the reason that I just think that like, it's such a gigantic thing and it's, and it's, and it's layered with so many things, right? Uh, it started off with, um, uh, with, with the culture of two turntables and kind of finding the breaks and mm-hmm. then break, break dancers. And it's just piled on all of this stuff. So like to have fashion and to have, uh, and to have, um, awareness of self, all of those things piled on to hip hop. It's so, there's so many layers, right? It's not, sorry. The seed was poverty too, though. And I think that's often yeah. the, the <laughs> essence of a lot of the shit that I like doesn't sound like a rich cat wrote or spat it, you know? True. Like, like, like when we think about some of our heroes, especially early heroes and foundation, in 1973, there was a blackout in New York. And a lot of our heroes got stolen stuff from the local yeah. music store. Like, <laughs> like, it's crazy to think that a genre was accelerated by, yeah. by that, but, but it was. I, I, I apologize. Hold on, my, my dog wants to go. Yeah, yeah. Go. I'm going to talk about you while you're gone. So Nigel has uh, three kids. Um, he's known as not angry dad because he's not. He doesn't lose his temper. I apologize. And oh no, it's okay. I was just uh, segueing really quickly into uh, into the fact that once your kids got to an age now where there's less stress on stressy daddy, which is you, <laughs> um, they get a puppy. <laughs> which Nigel, do, were you like really raring to get a puppy? Like, was it your idea? <laughs> You know, I need a wife, Cam. I do. You know, you, you know, you know it. Uh, you know, I did not. But, no. You know, she's here, she's here now, and she's uh, she's nice. And of course, I'm stuck all day with her because I work. For yeah. Her. But that's okay. Outside that's okay. of that, yeah. Um, yeah. Hip hop, man. Yeah. Grammys. Yeah. Grammys. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It, it was. Um, were you going to segue into that Kevin conversation that you had with him like 30 years ago where he was like, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to get, I'm going to be on the Grammys one day, man, or whatever it was. Remember he had that creative vision moment, you know, where he was like, I want to do that. And you guys were watching the Grammys at your house. I don't, I don't know if it was, it was that it was like, there was lots of conversations about that. And by, by Kevin, you're talking about chaos, who mm-hmm. is um, another Durham, Durham Lord. Of uh, like probably the most well not probably the most successful out of all of the guys that came out of our generation out of yeah. Whitby Oshawa and Pickering and stuff right well uh, well Cardi might have gotten single money that's but, he, but, but he was but he but he's a Toronto dude he's a fresh arts guy oh right okay I see what you're saying. Um, yeah uh, in our, it's, it's what might might be Snow because I know that Snow had Pickering Pickering um, connections but yes yeah. and Kev was definitely. Chaos was definitely um, my my guru, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we talked about music all the time and, and so forth. So I can't remember the, a specific what specific story I'm uh, uh, you're talking about. It could, is it then the I did my homework. The, 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 boy, the boys, the boys to men one. Maybe I didn't see any of it. I didn't. I didn't watch any no, no, of that. No, 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 oh. no, no, not that. No, we're talking about like him and his aspirations to go on. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I just, all I remember from uh, the data points I remember was you guys were watching something like the Grammys, and he turned to you and was like, "That's going to be me one day." And you had, and you said it was interesting because he works like, you yeah, know. like I, the, I, the the dedication that 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 brother has and had. Mm. Um was not the same. His grind was not the same as everyone else's. 
right? Yeah. Like it, what, he was more of an artist than a rapper in a lot of ways. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, well, listen, I don't think an artist more than a rapper, an artist more than, you know, like he was, he was an artist. Like he was, he got me on to going to the library to just look hmm. for books. Like, because, because you need, I, I've always, and this is where in a lot of times I have a problem with like newer, newer, newer hip hop is they're speaking from their personal personal um, experience, but you need something to fill that out. You need context. You need mm. life experience. You need to read books. You need to read poetry. You need to know things because, like, how are you? And that's why I feel like a lot of the punchlines are all the same. Like, everyone's talking about hitting, hitting Will Smith or Will Smith hitting you. Like, yeah. it's because they the, have no con. Yeah, the, it's, the it's, leading Fresh Prince thing is that the yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, mm. it's it's just it's just it's more pop culture than having any kind of knowledge of anything. So the problem so, with the problem with post to, to intended to generate clicks is that they have no staying power. So the content itself is going to be meh because it has no staying power, right? Like, like I mean, there's except yeah, shock over substance. Yeah, there's exceptions, but I mean. But I don't know. Uh, music, the music industry itself has been totally like turned inside out, right back in. Um, I always like to um, once every five years or so, I like to like uh, bring up um, your label situation, and uh, not to trash anyone, but just because um, being a Canadian band, like you, you guys know more. First of all, you guys could write a fucking book on the the, the thing, the challenges of a Canadian band. Um, experiences not just because you're a Canadian band, but because you had at one point like what ten members, including your manager or something like that. Uh, at the at the most, I think it was it was eight, not including any like if we took like a like a like a roadie or a sound guy with us and their manager. So like eight nine guys, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, a lot of mouths to feed. Was it the mighty mighty boss tones that you? <laughs> how do you guys do it? <laughs> what do you guys do? What's every, your, what's your every, trick? Every, every, everyone would ask. Like everyone yeah. would ask, like, how do you guys? How do you guys do it? Like we didn't. We just. Well, we didn't. We didn't make money. <laughs> yeah. We did. We didn't make enough money to to to, to sustain stuff. But mm. it was. Um, so it was. It was great. Yeah. Let me ask you the, the specifically about the business. Um, and and was it digitally organic? When you signed over to, I think it was a blue-owned label, Song Corp, or something like that, um, or it was Song Corporation. Song Corporation was Attic mm-hmm. Records, and a bunch of different. Um, uh, I think Page Music was in on that, so it was a bunch of different parts of the record industry getting together and making one one business. So right. there was distribution companies, there was uh, pressing companies, there was. Um, just labels and they all kind of got together and that was what made the corporation of song court so right. after that happened and we signed and we made our record uh, our first like signed record we had made a an ep before that um they went under like i think we put the record out and they went under <laughs> within like a week or something like that so then there was no real you couldn't find the record anywhere oh and the, de- and the details, and I only know sparse details of why they went under, is so typical in, 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 uh, pl- in places like Canada and industries like the entertainment industry. Because they got X amount of funding or something, and then they spent roughly the same amount on things like Hummers and fucking offices well, and things like well, that. Well, I don't, the, I, I remember the Song Corporation office. I remember we, because we signed at Attic Records, mm-hmm. and then 
they <laughs> built the song song play. And I remember like the, the what was it that we owned? I think there was lights in the stairs. And I was like, damn, this place looks this place is nice. And what I realized after <laughs> that is whenever you go to um whenever we went to a label and you walk in and you're walking in, you're passing all these people on computers and, and this stuff is there and, and uh uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you're you're paying for all that stuff. Like all yeah. that stuff is being paid for. So, so you have to generate that. And I remember with our second deal when we were with EMI, I remember thinking I was like, "Damn, it's a lot." Like to keep the lights on. Like this is nuts. This is going to be Celine Dion or somebody else, right? Yeah. So, it's a it's a lot of money. And if they don't, um, it's uh, and if they don't, and if they and if they, they're there to make money, man. And uh, the song corporation, like, it just kind of flopped because I think that it was money mismanagement. And also, I think that people got, they made some money themselves. You know, I, there, the, there was a red flag. With, yeah. There was a red flag there from the very beginning. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Imagine how this meeting went. You got Attic Records there. You got the other executives. Um, and they're like, yeah, we want something cool. We want something modern and hip. So you guys were Attic Records. Let's go for Song Corp. <laughs> what are you doing these are the song corps offices it sounds like a place to buy stock music for like you know for spas or something i don't know it it it, it, it just didn't didn't do it for me at all but the behind the scenes stuff with that is it's just typical canadian music industry stuff too because yeah. i don't feel like there's any imagination in this country and i don't really feel like there ever has been there is at the artist level sometimes at the manager level but then after that it you know difficult it is difficult. We live in a big, big, beautiful country, and most mm. of that country is not populated. So it is difficult to, we can't move like the states. Like, you need something that everyone or the majority is going to get with mm. because there aren't, now you can have pockets of stuff because the world is so small. But back then, when it was just radio, uh, you had, I think that they're, 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 um, they had to make calculated and smart, um, they had to make calculated and smart decisions in which to keep the industry going. And that's now I'm, I'm an adult and yeah. I'm not, and I'm not full of piss and vinegar anymore. And <laughs> I can calm down and look at the situation. Yeah. They need to pay bills. Like, because all of these things were out of, they came from the States. They came from somewhere else, right? Yeah. Like EMI is not a Canadian company, right? Um, be, uh, 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 some of the other labels in town. Yeah. They're, no, not, they're not Canadian companies. Sony. They don't, yeah. It's Sony. And if they don't keep the lights on, then they're going to shut them down, right? Yeah, so it's, it's archaic. Everything about it is archaic now, I think. Like the, and and it's, it gets annoying with the geographical bullshit because um, hip-hop, it always bothered me about hip-hop that it was so tribal. Uh, you talked. We you mentioned, or I mentioned, the Kenny Parker interview. I, I asked him. I'm like, I'm like, let me. I want to ask an American this question. You got Brooklyn. You got Staten Island. You got this. You got that. And they act like it's fucking different countries. Like you might as well just be a foreigner to the guy in Brooklyn. You know, if but, you're from Staten but, Island. But you. But it can be, especially back then. There were people that didn't leave their boroughs. There are people that didn't leave their blocks. Oh, my worst nightmare is still being in Whippy right now. Really but <laughs> a Whitby block is not 
a block in the Bronx. No, no, like, I'm not comparing Whitby to know? the Bronx. So, so I, so I, so, so I, I get it, but like, is I get it. Like Wu Tang comes from Staten Island, and that is their own thing. Um, yeah, Harlem is its own thing. Uh, Atlanta is kind of its own, or was its own thing before everyone. You, you could go gold. There. You could go gold on a mixtape in Brooklyn. For if you were from Brooklyn and only sold it in Brooklyn, like you could, yeah, you know, yeah. So that's and that. That was incredible. They, they, the the um, opportunity for entrepreneurship in hip hop is is kind of another thing that gets to me. Like and it's, now, it's, like this is this conversation, like this this topic of conversation is oh expired. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. expired. Like it doesn't exist anymore because like the everything is in the artist. Yeah, or a lot of things are in the artist's hand, right? Maybe I just contradicted myself, anyways, though, which is a good thing because you know maybe it did drive people that competition between boroughs to get better and better and better. Oh, absolutely! I think yeah. I think uh, uh, hip hop is based on competition, like just being a better lyricist, being a better dancer, being a better graffiti artist, like mm. all of those things. It was all competition. It's supposed to be friendly competition. Right, like, yeah. yo, yeah, son. That verse, I heard your album. The album came out, man. We gotta do something to combat that. Oh, this is what they're doing. That they're speeding up samples now. Man, that sounds good. Let's try. It. Let's mess with that. It's yeah. always trying to be the freshest. And back to today, I feel that um, there isn't enough for the popular people. Mm. Enough diversity in that. I am trying, I'm making a concerted effort to not sound like somebody else, right? My name, there is no way in the 90s that there would have been two baby, two guys called baby. Like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, like why are there two guys? Or, or, an open, or an openly textual artist, right? Isn't uh, Frank Ocean, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot more than Frank Ocean now. No, you know, but I mean, back then, could you even imagine? Like, Buster Rhymes would kill that person, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not going to put that on Buster, who was also at the uh, uh, performance. Wrecked it. Amazing. The best he's an awesome performer, but I'm just best joking. Hip Canadian hip-hop. The best hip-hop performer ever. Buster. Yeah. Anyway. But he doesn't really like gay people. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've seen him in an interview be like, I don't want you to bring any of that homo shit to me. What are you doing? What are you doing? And, he's, and I'm just like, don't do that. Actually, like, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about music. I, and, 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 like, I, all right, all right. There. The, the homophobia uh, in the Caribbean, um, in the Caribbean community, in the black and black culture is a whole other podcast. Yeah, it was a throwaway line. You could have just went like this. <laughs> and then we would have moved on. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, no, but... It, it, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that at all. But but I like the way that uh, the modern version of music, uh, the music industry, allows for people to just bypass all of that song corpy yeah. bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know what their job is anymore to, to ink deals with Spotify that pays you nothing for ten million songs uh, for so clicks. I, so, so, but that that um th that gateway, those those gatekeepers, live shows, are. Mm. No, the, the, no, not even live shows. Like I feel mm. like the gatekeepers, they, there was something because you were fighting to get in, and there seems now that anybody can get in. Yeah. And I'm missing some of the gatekeepers saying, "No, you're whack," and making people go back. Like you can record something now, and put it out on YouTube or whatever, and it's 
and it's out there. Like there was no one telling you, hey, your mix isn't good. Hey, this isn't good or that isn't good. You just put it out and you don't know anything about it. You think it's fresh and there is good energy in that. But also I feel like the quality of the music has mm. gone down. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I think another underpinning that is gone um, and I won't, Go spend too much time on this because you know me. I'm a grumpy old man when it comes to this. But like, um, I don't see. I've never. I live in the. I live in a forest. So pardon me if I don't see it. But do you see? Do you see ciphers happening randomly in spots anymore? Like, do you see so, that shit? So, so well, number one, I'm not out there like that. Like, I know. Yes, you I'm, and I are like. Does yeah. that even exist anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a. I'm a father of three. Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I just heard a story of a guy of, uh, <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I heard a story, like a, a girlfriend of ours is, is uh, uh, my wife and I, is dating an MC, and they were in the park, and she was like, yeah, and he stopped, and he, had a, and he, had, he battled somebody, and I was like, yes, amazing, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Was, but, Tapping but, your cane and shit, yeah. But also I feel that, the evolution of the art form is such that younger kids are now like, I'm not rapping for free, or I'm not, oh. I'm not doing that for free. So I think that there is also like, we, like this is not this is not Melly Mel's hip hop anymore. This is not Big Daddy Kane's hip hop, mm. right? This is now something that's bigger. It's a much bigger business. Um, you want to put all those ducks in a row? I gotta let my dog back in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's funny because Nigel, uh, well, he's gone. He knows what he's talking about. He's played beside. He's he like toured with the Roots. I think he played the Montreux Jazz Festival with them, and and uh, you know Far Side and a bunch of other cats. So, um, he knows his shit. He's uh, uh, you know. I'm sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought that was a big cat for a second. Oh, that's right. You got a pug. No, it, that's uh, the exact it's a, breed that you would have chosen if this was your idea. <laughs> uh, Fre uh, she's a French bulldog. All right. Say okay. Hi. I left her. All right. Say hi. Okay. All right. Good. Look, we'll lay down your bed. Look how they bred my face. <laughs> I, it's totally a dog that would not exist if it wasn't for human intervention. Yeah. Like they, um, they have to have their babies with cesareans and stuff. It's crazy. Anyway. But I mentioned the, the freestyling in Stifer because I, I'm going to play a clip. Um, the clip is from a 2003 event in Toronto called Eat the Beat. Um, and I, I don't know how many of the, my audience have seen this. This is like I blew the dust off this. I, I used to play it every year, and then three years go by, and I'm like, well, I don't know people have seen it. You know? <laughs> Ain't nobody care about this. <laughs> yeah, but I care about this um, because, uh, because Nigel, you were – um, I don't know how much you would say you were part of the battle scene. I don't even know what that means. It's pretty sort of open-ended. I wasn't. I was just an MC that was ready to rap. But you were great at freestyling, period, right? Like, and you were, and you were really good, strong at that. And you were an interesting cat, too, because you used to go to freestyle competitions, and we'd come, and we'd all be like, you know, you're like Mr. Miyagi, and we're a bunch of Daniel LaRusso's trying to, our crane kicks on the side. And we're like... And, and But you could tell, because you knew all of our verses from ciphering at your mom's house, that... Like when you would end up battling someone that you sort of knew, you'd be like, "Oh, how about you freestyle? Hey, how about you try freestyling instead of that written shit I heard at my mom's house, whatever the fuck, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's what set you apart, you know that." And that's why I get so sensitive about this whole like meandering definition of the word freestyle. 
I fucking hate. You, you mentioned it in so many of your interviews. I ask every single rapper what the definition of freestyle is, and I got to tell you, nobody has nobody has come back with, well, something that you've definitely rehearsed, but no one knows you've rehearsed it. That's no fucking one, bullshit. No one ever does that, and I like it's 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 now, I, like the guys are refusing to rap when they go on radio shows and stuff, and like people ask, hey, drop the yeah. first, and they're refusing to do that, and that. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to do that on this show. So I, um, I'm like, I'm not going to be your dancing monkey. What are you talking about? I, I, uh, pull it down, sweetie. Pull it down. Um, I, I don't, I'm older and I don't subscribe to that. It's freestyle. Like, that's lunch table, freestyling around. It's off the top of your head. It's using your environment. Um, that, is, that is what freestyling is to me. I don't know. Right. Some, someone, someone was grifting someone, and it just caught on. I, I, I still don't understand. That's like making an argument. James, listen. There are some flat Earth arguments that make sense. It's <laughs> like no, there isn't. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. Because that's what a flat Earth argument is. It's saying that something that you improvise on the spot doesn't have to be improvised on the spot. I just don't. It bothers me so much. Um, so Nigel, I did eat the beat. The, the concept of eat the beat was that I was going to uh, combine battling with uh, freestyling. And, and where the MC had to freestyle based on this digital graphics display that was playing in front of them. By the way, James, I just yeah. want to say for the record that that was a fantastic, innovative, way ahead of its time idea. And for Thanks, you man. to pull that together with little resources, negative money. Um, <laughs> No credit card, owing no, people no, money. No, 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 nothing. And for you to have this vision and this dream and kind of see it to fruition, um, I am sorry. And I, every time I see it, I'm sorry that it didn't do better for you. Because oh, like that's a, a fantastic idea. And then, and then years later, 8 Mile comes out. And now we have people like King of the Dot and all that stuff. And to me, what you were doing was more innovative than those than just a simple battle but now battle culture is a whole other subgenre. yeah right it's like, more like theater now i enjoy it i I, yeah. I think it's more like theater i i don't care about the purest level when i'm watching some two people be really creative in a combat sort of format and i like the fact that it's quiet now in one regard um Sometimes the beat was the very thing that kind of ruined the content. Not because the beat sucked, but because the no. confines of a beat would be what tripped them up. It's, it's good in the sense of the skill level has got to be there. But something about acapella just makes you sort of immersed in the words themselves. Well, what I don't like about acapella is then we're doing a spoken word thing, right? Like, I think you need those. Yeah, I don't care what it's called, though. You, like, you, yeah. you, you, need, you need, I feel like, the, like a beat... To what, what I thought you were going to bring up about the beat is that if you get a hotter beat than I do. Oh, no. no, you, no. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, that, that makes it difficult. I, I think it was my, my, my appreciation of lyrics in hip-hop is, is probably greater than music because just on the fact that I'm a rapper. Yeah. But, yeah. But, the, but, um, but they are obviously very close. And I think that a lot of people benefit from the, the sort of king of the dot way of doing things because they never knew before that. Like, I've heard this so many times with other things. I didn't know that these rappers were intelligent writers. Like, seriously, like, that, that's the realization they have because all of that 
beat that they're hearing is taking up the space that they're, they could be using uh, to define or to, to, to figure out what they're listening to. No one can understand. I'm still perplexed. They're like, I didn't understand a word he said. And I'm just like, it was fucking can't touch this. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that uh, you have to tune yourself. And if you're not tuned, like you're talking about older hmm. people, like tune yourself to listen to hip hop. Right, Rhyth- rhythmic talking and the greatest and, generation. Yeah. Let's just call us what we are. Yeah. We're the greatest okay. generation. X is the greatest generation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the greatest hip hop generation. I'm saying, even though Vince Staples and I had a big fight uh, online, he's like, "Fuck your era." Really? Yeah. <laughs> I because I was like, because he because he dissed someone uh, in an interview. I, I don't know if it was Cool J or Rakim or someone or Kara. I can't remember who it was, but I was like, I just tweeted at him. I was just like. Hey, neat. Um, that you. Uh, so, who would go on your uh, Mount Rushmore? Like DJ Quick and fucking, you know, MC Hammer and some other guy. Like I can't remember what I said. And he's and I'm like, you should pay some respect to the era that actually made it possible for you to even exist. Right. And he's like, and his response was just, "Fuck your era." <laughs> <laughs> I love Vince Staples, man. I think he. he I, I feel that he's an intelligent kid, and he's just, you know. Yeah. Like he, I, I don't even know. We, we just he, fought for a second. He, he, says, he says it how he sees it, right? And like, yeah. really, we don't care. Like, when I was when I was 19, 20, as much as I, maybe because it was part of my, but like, I didn't care about Melly Mel. No. No, I, Melly Mel I cared about. I didn't care about, about Busy B and like that stuff. I like, did love Kumo D, though. I had to unlearn how to like that cadence. Talk about not the brave Theotonian yeah. milk. But, but, but it naturally <laughs> happened because as much as we liked Wild Wild West, when Eric B for President came on, like that oh. was a whole, or anything from Paris One, those, those, those gentlemen changed the cadence, right? So, yeah. So it's, so it's almost like li- uh, the, um, uh, Homo sapiens living with Neanderthals at the same time. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, I know, I know that Neanderthal Kumo Dean, he's cool, you know, but this is what's Me- happening now. Remember when he wrote that book of the 50 greatest MCs and I think he put yeah. himself like fourth or something? Yeah, didn't but he? he but, but you can't. So th- this is the thing with number one. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I hate, I hate rankings. So yeah, I'm probably going to agree with the principle of what you're about to say. Yeah. But I, I just feel like what else... Someone as, as, as important as Kumo D to the culture and to 
changing lyrics and making things like Kumo D was the transition between oh, everybody put your hands up and he was like put your hands up so I could like so he said something about you put your hands everybody up. put your hands up and I got a gun energy whatever it, whatever it was it was more it was a way it was moving away from jingle raps mm. to expressing my feelings and and then Cool J took that somewhere else like so yeah. he, he's very important so I, I'm not going to argue with him putting himself in fourth. Yeah, but um, also uh, he was he was a battler back in the day, way back in the day. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and so were you. Some noise from Maslow eating the beat. I'm just going to let it play. It's worth pointing out that kid was fucking dope. He was a good rapper. Sorry, Nigel, I got you muted. Hold on. Oh. Sorry, there you go. He, I was just listening to, to it again. He was a lot younger than me. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fresh as hell. Like he was dope, man. He was really, really dope. Yeah. He was. He, he had. He had great punchlines. He was freestyling. The 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 Puma, the blue, everything. Like it was, yeah, the double time that he ended up doing, even if it didn't relate to the images, the fact that he was like, you know what, the images are going really fast. Why don't I do the double time? Like, was it was a good. If, if yeah. I can say this as a preference for every opinion I have, mm. most opinions I have about hip hop, it is always skill first. Yeah. If you are dope. You may be talking some stuff that I don't agree with, but I'll be like, you can rap. And that is all yeah. I'm looking for. Whether or not I like you personally, or I like your music, or that's what I listen to, is neither here nor there. But if you can MC and you can rap, and you got some dope lyrics, you're yeah. going to get a pass from me, right? Yeah, the, Matt Maslow's kid was so, he was, he was really good. And I just want to give uh, context to this mm. afternoon, this yeah. evening. I had, a, I had a migraine. Oh, for fucks! That day, like I, that, I, had the, I know it's neither here nor there, but I remember, like, oh. well, maybe that's the secret ingredient for being dope, okay, <laughs> Nigel? <laughs> because you're about to see what Nigel's response was to that verse. I'm not going to play the second ones because I thought the first verses were better, anyways, for both of okay, you. But right. yeah, um, and the second one, we'll talk about it on the on the way out. But uh, the, the, yeah, no, because we'll, we'll, no one's seen it. But we'll do this. Hold on. Mass low. NHL, NHL's got a response, I know it. Gonzo. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> then there's then there's classy James with the long cigarette. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, Nigel has a response. I just know he does. <laughs> like what I, am I doing? <laughs> shout out to um to uh to Steve up there. 
on the uh, Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo, yeah. Woo, boy. Yeah. DJs. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do with the cigarette, but okay. Okay, yeah. here we go. Uh, now come on, boy. Now come on. Mass no who? I'm throwing the fucking towel on you. You better not step to me. I'll take you out in two, boy. You sound like Big L. On the end of my grave, they're gonna stay here and live in our jail. You can't step to me. You can't step with me. You can't get with me. Hey, yo, you look like pussy. Don't say I'm complicated because all I know is that your girl is sucking on my big chocolate snake. When you wanna fake it, now nah, you even break it. Make no mistake, boy. You better understand your goal. I got soul and lost control. I can rap Chinese and still break you off, it ain't nothing. Brothers like you is always fighting with your braces. I leave you faceless, don't ever taste this. I waste this, and if you wanna get it, I wet it with survivor. Saliva, you probably that fat gay guy off a of survivor. Don't even try to step, because I know I got that rep. Hey yo, you want to know what the flow really be? You better go back home and learn to MC. I'll rip off your fake Marilyn Moe right off your nose, because the girls you fuck with is just I'm not playing the part where I get just where I where I lose control of my own show. There, is, <laughs> there, there are so many problematic lyrics. I now. listen, you know. I, why, you, why, why did Richard Hatch get some? Why? Why did, why did you call him the fat gay guy of Survivor? And you were like, because he was talented and he deserved to win. <laughs> like, what are you gonna say, right? Like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my uh, gosh. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll rip off your fake Marilyn mole. Like, like I, even that, like it's not it's just that by itself. I, I, like when you're up there and you're looking for data points to try to extract and spit back out. Yeah. I, 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 a Marilyn mole being ripped off is a first I've come across. <laughs> and, and I, haven't, I haven't seen it ever since. Yeah, you know? man, a, nice, a nice mole on his cheek. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, that was first of all, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for what you were saying about ETB before. But there's yeah. just the battle kind of like when it was when it was a good event, like there wasn't a lot of people at that event, but the talent was good. Right? Yeah. And it was it was a shoot. It wasn't intended to be a club event or anything like that. But it, it was, you know, but I've been to like I've been to battles that have sucked. I'm one of those guys that I have a real hard time with live hip hop most of the time, anyways. Mm. You know, you do it really well. Okay, so I'm like, I don't, I don't give passes to people that because I because they're friends or whatever. Right. It's just that you have good mic control and a lot of rappers don't, right? Like, yeah. and a lot, and a lot of good rappers don't. And that's the weird part is that, um, you know, so when I go, when I've gone to like uh, hip hop concerts, hip hop shows, like I saw Common, and it was at uh, in, in L.A. and it and it was good. It was good. It wasn't great though, because there were points where it was like a school gymnasium sound on the mic. Because yeah, you know, um, and I don't know. I've always had. That's why when Classified did retrospective uh, last year and he toured, I had him on and I asked him, I'm like, how come there's no big city dates on this? And his answer was interesting, and I think he was actually incorrect about this but he was just he was just trying to like put on the best show ever and and didn't want to get um uh, fans of his that are straight up hip-hop guys not liking a guy rapping next to an acoustic guitar or a piano or whatever um but as you and i know um that's the kind of shit that we used to and other people were experimenting 30 years ago like that that's what people were doing and um so it's weird that i found the fear misguided but i understand it 
And, you know, the idea that you can um, worry about what what hip-hop consumers might think of you if you're not pure enough is the check and balance we need in hip-hop, <laughs> I think. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like that Toronto is known as the screw-face capital. Bring your A-game, bitch. You know, no one's screw-facing talent up there, you know? If I can... It's 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 tough, man, and like I just feel like uh, we don't have those with everything being open and people can put, take their stuff straight to market. Um, we don't have that kind of, those gatekeepers saying, "Hey, you're not good," or hmm. "You need to work on it more." But I remember, I just want to shout out Goofy. What up, Goofy? <laughs> hmm. um, I I remember going to live at the barbecue where they would play hip hop. And then they would have an open mic. And I got the gumption up to go up at the open mic. And I froze. Oh. And I remember Too Rude grabbing the mic away from me. And getting off the stage and people laughing and stuff. And then your mom's like, I brought your spaghetti, Nigel. Nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, But I remember that feeling. And I remember feeling, I never want to feel that again. Yeah. And it comedians me, go through that shit. It made me work, work on, exactly mm-hmm. because there is there is it's almost like a I I, I want to say a journeyman, but like yeah, like a, an apprenticeship. Like you can't just. But there are those people that are thrust into onto stages before they're ready, and I feel that you have to you have to be ready. Like you have to get yourself ready. You have to understand what it is. Like there was lots of basement parties I was at. Lots of people's basements that weren't basement parties where I just had a mic and like you learned and I listened to Karis one and he said, don't cup the mic or cuff the mic. I, I, so, yeah. so I feel like in, in, in what you're Mustache grip. It's real. Yeah, man. Like it's yeah. real because like, I wouldn't want to go and see Nas. Like I, because like Nas isn't going to give me a good show. I don't want to watch a guy walk around stage and grab his balls and and <laughs> oh, I went and saw um uh, what was the But he was dope when he did when he had that orchestra in New York and did Illmatic just to a live orchestra. It was fucking amazing. That is different. Yeah. That is different, right? Like that's that's uh everything's together that was later on in his career. But mm. when you are watching an MC, like you want them I went and saw Slaughterhouse at Opera House and they were they were terrible. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. It was just so loud and just, I didn't know what was going on. But the reason I went there was to see Pharaoh Monch, right. who was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the, it. It's a weird thing because, you know, you want live shows to be good, but hip-hop more than any other genre, the gap between um, quality of live versus studio is easily the starkest and, and, and the widest. Easily. You know, um, yeah, yeah, because because the, in, in, the, what, what, the music will always be, I shouldn't say always, there's always stuff that happens, but mm. the music with hip hop will always be at a particular point because you're just pressing play, right? Yeah, a lot of times, unless you're using a band, so you're pressing play, so that audio and everything is already good, it's been mastered, it's good, and then you're going on top of it. And if you're not going on top of it with any kind of clarity, then you're, uh, there's a mis- mismatch to... Yeah, you're just another track, right? You just, yeah. uh, you, you know, so you got to align with the rest of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I know, like, performing with, with the band, and I'd said this at the beginning when Shell and I joined the band, um, that I was concerned about 
I wanted to make myself a better artist and understand music better. And what I ended up doing is to fit in with the band, because they were a funk band, I had to rap a lot faster. And then I realized, like, sonically, like, where am I fitting into this mix? So yeah. I sonically tuned my voice. Like, it'd be a tune, and I'd rap with a tone to my voice, right? Um, but that took a long time, man. That, and, and I'm glad that that happened at, at, at the comfort zone, right? Yeah, because everyone, everyone was high, and they wouldn't yeah, have noticed. Uh, on a Thursday <laughs> night that I could work on my skills versus when we when we did a show at opera house or when we did a show at uh, at the horseshoe or 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 we went on tour like i worked those things out and i just feel that artists on a whole not just hip-hop there isn't enough working on yourself yeah and your craft yeah. um i don't know what or what order it's supposed to go in but these are albums um is this this was the first one right the ep Yes, that was the first one, yeah. Um, this was, like, interesting because I, I then, I was like, well, where does this remind me of? I was watching The Simpsons, and I just forgot that, that Homer Simpson was a pocket produce fan. You see the that logo. That is the best. That yeah. is the best. So that's the best find ever. That's amazing. I, and by the way, I'm going to show this to uh, Michael Price, who will be on the show on February 13th in, in a week from today. Uh, Michael Price is an executive producer and uh and writer and he has been for the last like 24 years on the simpsons oh wow and and he's gonna come on and i'm just gonna show him this and here's what i'm gonna try to do and i'll just state my motivation now because i know he, my podcast isn't popular enough to make news yet um but <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm gonna go in there and uh my fee's 20 percent by the way but i'm gonna be like hey listen so um this is my buddy's band right and then this is homer and and you just took his logo michael um but Here's how you can make it up. <laughs> I won't ask for money. You know what? I won't ask for money. I'd be like, all Nigel wants. Nigel's is like the least. Is, is his likeness? Is is his likeness on The Simpsons? Um, and then royalties for that episode in perpetuity. That's it. Nope. <laughs> I, I I would. It, I I'm I I'm a band band man first. I want the music to be on there so we could all get. <laughs> but the sim. But the Simpsons also. Here here's what I find interesting. The Simpsons is. Um, behind the scenes, it's a really wacky kind of environment to work in. A lot of the writers are like mathematicians, like genius yeah. mathematicians and stuff. I bet you anything that one of these staff writers or something like that happens to be from Toronto and happens to that. And, and they're they're I know. Listen, you don't shake your head at me. Sometimes I sometimes I nail this shit. You got to put your neck out on the line and crash and burn on stage before you can be good at what, was, what did you say, Mr. Miyagi? What was that? The rest of that? I wasn't listening. You got to work on your skills. Nigel is who I send all my shit to because the spectrum of feedback goes like this. Um, the spectrum of feedback from just everyone goes from that's really good, man, to I don't know, it flows a little shaky. <laughs> Can you guess which one Nigel? No, but I. It's so much better to have you as a feedback person than dope man. Not that I don't appreciate someone saying nice things about me, but I'm not looking for that at that point. You don't get better that way. Yeah. You don't get better. That way. And I've been on a quest to get better for like thirty years. <laughs> I really have. And and you know what? I am better. But sometimes you are better. I, You're the best you've ever been. You've there's been thank you. But there's boxes that I know I have to check. Are things like consistent flow, cadence, not breathing, right? Like the best spot to breathe, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then I forget like two or three of them a song, <laughs> or I'll change the flow in the middle of the track because I'm ADHD and I'm like, I don't want to just be a raspy guy the whole time. 
but you know what? It, it's good because it's freeing. Making music when there's no end end user is amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. I I, I, do, I just want to say since we're on here, I'm working I'm working with one of the guys in the band, uh, Gord, Jupiter. Hmm. We're working on music together, and um, it is without the 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 things. Uh, the things. <laughs> Hey, groovy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let me know what you think, man. Um, I, it, is, it is so freeing not to... Fuck you, Shane. Fuck you, man. Not, <laughs> He's to, like... care about, not to care about stuff. Like, I'm just rapping about what I want to rap about, saying what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, like... I, like they, Nigel, I'll, do me a favor. Don't look at the comments anymore. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I get distracted, too. No, it's, it, I, that's why I don't look at them. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a funny story with that. In the group, we're, uh, we're calling ourselves Ghouls, which has an old band meaning. But we went and recorded. In, in I know, because millennials are like, what's a ghoul? And someone's yeah. going to be like, that's what old people used to call ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, it, was, it was an old 80s movie. And once yeah. I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I, I had a terrible hangover after a show, and we were leaving in the morning, and we, and we stopped abruptly in the van and I was sleeping in the back of the van and I, and everyone turned around and looked at me and I poked my head up and I was all sweaty because I was like, I was, I was, I was hung over. I was all sweaty and just kind of like, and yeah, was, right. You were vigorously masturbating on ecstasy, but go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> kind of life are you living? No. Um, wow. And I'm not, I'm not going like, to say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I looked like there was an eighties movie called Ghoulies. So that's where Ghoulies comes from. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. We, um, I think Ghoulies came out four months after Goonies. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. This Hollywood used to do that back then. They used to like, okay, yeah, Zapped, so Zapped was a hit. How about story, Zipped? Man? You gonna let me finish my story? Come on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. right now. So I, uh, I miss. We, we really miss our brother Sheldon, and hmm. he was he was the uh, the engineer of everything. We, him and I went to Trevis together, and. Um, I, I've since let my um, recording skills lag because I've been doing other things. And mm. uh, Gordon and I got together and we started to record. I got a new mic at Christmas and we're recording and we're listening back and I'm like, it's just not getting it. And then I realized that the microphone is backwards. <laughs> it's a directional microphone <laughs> and it's backwards. And the worst- Mr. Part, Miyagi's drunk. The worst, the worst part of it is that Gordon is like, this is dope. This sounds fantastic. Oh my god, that's and so funny! Because like it's like it's like it got some weird reverb that no, it's never sounded oh, like before. It just sounds muffled, like it's backwards. It's <laughs> and did you record the whole the whole album like that? No, it was it was one song. I'll say oh, okay, song, yeah, yeah, it was one song which I've since re-recorded. -record, re <laughs> that's hilarious, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um. So, but 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 to to come back to you, like rapping without any other. It makes me feel like a teenager because I'm not rapping for anything other than for guys like you to listen to it and go, mm. ah, dope. Or for Shane to be like, yeah. Maybe. Right there, right? So. Maybe what you need is transformational moments in life that are really negative in order to like help you with the writing process. <laughs> you know what? Actually, now that I think, now that I think about it, um, lyric writing, especially in hip hop, that was the only kind of writing I think I could do at, for a certain time in my life when I was happy. Really? Yeah. Like if someone asked me to write like um, something creative right now mm -hmm. and I'm happy, 
I'm, not, I'm just, I don't have uh, the ink in the fountain for that. I need to be able to place high energy into the page. And happiness is more like chill. Right. You know? Contentment, being content. Yeah. Um, Watching my I, life slide out of you, great potential in that. For good well, well you know, <laughs> misery is a great, is a great uh, catalyst for inspiration. And so, but what, what I've realized about that, that stuff is that um, you, I am not always sad. I'm not always happy. I'm not always excited. I'm not always angry. Say angry. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Um, but when I am, I have, and I write on my phone all the time in the notes. Mm. Now I used to, I could, I could show you, I've got stacks and stacks of books that I've written. I, if anyone that's, that's known me, I used to carry around a satchel and a, yeah. and a rhyme book all the time. Um, but now what I do is I just have different, um, different note folders that like, if I'm not, if I'm having a fight with my wife, that's where I go and write. So when I want to get back in touch with that feeling, I can go back there and be like, okay, this is where I was. So the words can put me into a mood, especially if I felt that mood when I wrote it. Okay. So if we see something from you in like a year, that's like an anthology of like Nigel Williams written, like, like love songs that were tragic. We have Kelly to thank. Oh, uh, Kelly and experience and, and hearing other per- people's story. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I love how you are, are totally like, okay with, um, wife feedback, I guess we'll call it. Um, because there's a life cycle of wife when it comes to musicians or artists where it's like right at the beginning, sometimes it's even how you meet. Oh my God. I saw you perform at the thing. It was fucking amazing. And then you meet and then they're like going to shows and then something happens and and you're like, hey, we're, we got two shows like this. I'm not talking about Kelly necessarily, but yeah. but then the wife's like this. Um, okay, do, I I might I might go. I don't I don't know. Um, it, get, it, get, it gets tired. Like after you after yeah. the thrill is gone, like the BB King, the thrill is gone, right? Like I, I uh, so when the band the, me me making a for like the commitment, like, like hey, this is who I'm gonna be with, was because I felt like the band wasn't giving me what I needed i felt like i was giving a lot to the band uh a lot to the band and um they weren't giving it back to me i was demoing i was sending them all kinds of music and stuff we were trying to uh go for a second record on emi and no one was responding but who was with me all the time was my girlfriend at the time Mm -hmm. so i was like who's got my back she's got my back right and listen man like shows like that that shit gets old (laughs) <laughs> that shit gets old standing yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a boozy bar when the lights go you for those who have been in a bar or a, a, a club when the lights go on oh like, that is the worst on. no i mean the only good thing about it is that if you're quick you can find the people that drop their drugs and then just head out the alley right but and then sell the drugs <laughs> it's funny i lived beside comfort zone for like years Ooh. yeah you did yeah that's yeah <laughs> That, there's no real, that's the story. I mean, that's enough. Right? Like, I don't know how to expand on that. Um, I know you got a hard out because you got to go back to work, I think. Um, uh, how long do you have? Is it, is it now? Is it pretty much happening? Uh, we, 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 can, we can give another 15, 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I wanted, to, I wanted to actually ask you about, um, d- did you and Sheldon ever look at each other when you were still with your mom like, in the 90s and stuff? And have the discussion, you know, an alarming amount of rappers come here and get free shit. <laughs> that so, so 
it's funny that you bring th- that up. No. Listen, man, like when Shell was, when we were working on our skills, that would be a lot of free. But if you knew Shell, like there was nothing free. Like he was, and he, he was, he was very much like he, when he, when we, when I decided that I didn't want to have another studio with him and he was like, like what, like the stuff that you know, the things that we know, Nigel, you can get paid for those things. Like I just took it for granted. Like yeah, knowing how to truncate drums and that kind of thing, because I love it. Right. Um, he definitely, Shell definitely made an effort to monetize his skills and made sure that his skills were, were, were of such that whether you liked him or not, you had to come and deal with him because he was better than everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, was, he was inspirational in that way in the whole entrepreneurial aspect, like yeah. the way that oh, he was able yeah. to, like, to make money. And, and, and it was typified by the, um, and I just picture this, um, when you, especially when you told me, when you went to uh, Sheldon's funeral or his celebration of life or whatever it was, um, I, I wish I could have gone. I had COVID, but um, but the way you described, like looking around, because you still saw Sheldon on a fairly regular basis. He, he was your best friend. But, but like our families, like my kids, yeah, rest, yeah, like Shell was, Shell but, was my man. But, like outside of music, music brought us together. But like we were, we're friends, family. Yeah, yeah. And when you what you described there, I thought was like really thought provoking because you're like, I'm just looking at James, and there was dozens of these like rappers who were crying. These young kids, like. You know, like, like he was my hero. He was my mentor. He was my, and so the impact that a guy can have on other people's music, which will then go and impact an untold amount of people. Absolutely. Like Sheldon's the pebble, you know, like, and then. Absolutely. So, so James, those, those hours that you spent in my, uh, in, in, in my mom's basement at that little, at that little studio, and we would critique you and say, hey, that's not great. That's not, you need to work on this or that's good. Shell kept doing that and refining that, that, that. Yes. So there's so many guys that would, you remember you'd come in and we'd bolt, we'd have our chairs and we'd turn around, we'd just talk to you for a bit. Yeah. Five, yeah, was, five was. It was like being on Dragon's Den backstage talking to the guy. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he just kept doing that. Like, that's what all people kept saying. And then... He would Networking. take that energy and and turn it into whatever the session was, like getting the best out of you. And like, yeah, it was it was really good to see. Like, I wasn't connected to people that he was still working with, but I had seen like there was generate generations. There was there was uh, what can it what from I, like from like eighteen to forty five year olds, right? Like basically, yes. Was, but yeah. like there were so like the cycle would be like, hey, I'm going to this guy and we're making music together, right? We made a demo. That demo then got me another opportunity. So I'm working with that guy again. Now we're working on my record. Hey, I made this first record. I got a little buzz, but I'm going to make another record. So that's what I mean by generation. So the generation, the cycle of a project. So you go in there to do your demo. And there were so many people that I had known before that, before, before these last, these last group of kids that meant, that Sheldon meant so much to is that, to have someone facilitate your dreams mm. or bring your dreams to life is so when the, the pocket dwellers, we were, we, we were looking for management 
and uh, Saul Guy, who used to manage. Um, I remember. Yeah. Uh, Dream Warriors, was he? No, 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 not Dream Warriors. Um, All right, easy. Uh, ra- the Rascals. Rascals. Oh, right. Dream okay. Warriors, different generation, man, different post. Anyway. All you have to say was no. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I finally got a hold of him, and uh, and I was like, hey, man, uh, my band is this, and we're signed, and we we need some help, and I love what, the work that you did with the Rascals because, like, the Rascals coming from the west coast of Canada to becoming like the darlings of Canadian hip hop is huge because like all the hip hop came from Toronto. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, clearly not only are they special artists, but also they had a special mind behind them to direct them. So we wanted that also. And Saul said, listen, man, I appreciate that, but I am no longer facilitating other people's dreams. And at first, like I was hurt because we wanted them, but at, but when I thought about it, like that's such a huge undertaking to help somebody else achieve their dreams. This isn't my dream. Yeah, your yeah, dream that's... is to be on stage, and I'm the one that's helping you. Hey, man, maybe we should make that chorus a little better. Hey, maybe we should do this, this in the verse. Maybe you should need a longer intro. Yeah, is um, it's it's a special, it's a special thing. And, and, and I think that that's why people were in that were so sad because the facilitator of their dreams, the person that helped them uh, find themselves was Shell. And, uh, and, and some, there. I know a lot of people were lost. Man. And sometimes the lost. sometimes the advice that he gave almost took a back seat to the fact that he was giving it and the way that he gave it, yeah. you know, instilling a belief in yourself when you're an artist and you look up to somebody who's like, um, you know, at another level yeah. and having that person look down, by the way, it never happened. You, you guys never said any of that shit to me, any nice things, but, uh, but when, <laughs> but, but, but hearing that I would assume would, would feel really inspirational for a cat that worked with, with someone that he respects like that. So it doesn't even matter like what the advice might be, um, you know, in a way, I mean, it just, when you respect someone so much, the deference that you pay isn't meant to be like you're not confident. It's just a recognition that Mr. Miyagi's here and you better keep just going. Yeah. Keep going. He's telling me to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One time I did get really pissed off at you fuckers though, because you guys for you know what I my biggest problem when I was young was still my problem five years ago, but I, I think I'm done with it, was that I would try to squish as many syllables as I could between the bars, right? And um, to me, I think my patterns were just too complex for you. But, um, but, 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 <laughs> but then I did this track, and I literally wrote it with the idea in mind that it's going to sound old school to me, but it's going to be, um, in, in a syllable sense, balanced, right? So it was like, nine, six, Still you're hanging like a crucifix, unpreventable, essential mental burst like appendix. And you know what you fucking said to me when it was done? Yeah, it's like too tight. <laughs> fucking guys. I was so angry. I was like, what do you mean? And, and Jay Khan was there. And Jay Khan's like, what does too tight mean? What, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't remember that. But I, if you want me to break you down, I can break you down. No. You... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, your lyrics. You should be representing good. Gap with the gap in your teeth, but I can't say that because I should I, be too. I always do. I always <laughs> yeah. do. Um, it just. I already know this anyway, so I'm not afraid. It was, it, it was such a it was such a hard thing, and I know that my struggle, and I probably still struggle with it. My freestyle was so animated, and my performance could be so animated that when it came to writing lyrics that I wrote, it could seem did not have the same energy. Right. And 
the energy that you gave off live in front of us was different energy than you would give when it was a written a written verse that had to be recorded to something. And I feel that some people get my yeah. shy. I was bad with like in the studio environment. Um, because you write and you practice rhymes in, in an arena of real world sound. And then you go and put on these headphones and the beats blaring in your ears and then you can hear yourself a lot more clearly and it's like you've never even done it before, you know? And, and for me, it was intimidating. I, I thought well, the recording booth was intimidating. But that is what a recording artist is, mm -hmm. right? You are, you you've taken the art of recording. So you may know that your voice hey, you know what, live I can do, I can do whatever I want to, but when I'm, when I'm recording, I'm going to try and put a little bit more baritone in my voice and calm mm. it down a little bit more so I, so I can, you, you know? So it's, it's different, man. Like it's, it's complex. It's, it's complex. It's tough. I don't think that, that I think that uh, rapping has been, because it's rhythmic talking, anyone can do it. Yeah. Don't say that. And, yeah, like anyone can do it, but like not everyone is good at it. Because Just like everyone in the first round of Idol can sing. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They might be killing birds miles away, but they, they can still sing. Hey, listen, I, what, you know what? I, I feel that everyone has got it in them. It's just some people take, it takes them 15 songs to get it. Mm. And you, or, or some people take 1,500 songs to get it. Like to find your voice is a difficult thing to do. This life is a difficult, loud, noisy world in life. And for you to quiet yourself to find out who you are and then to put that energy down onto paper and then take that energy and put that on into a record for other people to hear, like it's, su it's such alchemy, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's not an easy thing to do. And it, it seems easy because maybe it may sound like someone's doing it quickly, but that shit's not easy. No, it's like writing Shakespearean for 16 bucks, right? Like it really, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's got, uh, um, I'm not, when I name drop, I'm not name dropping for the sake of name dropping. I just want to remind you who I was talking to. And it was Shad talking about how he was saying, he, he attached to the Tribe Called Quest about how um, Tribe Called Quest taught him that once you're in the confines of a rap verse, can be anything you want. Anything you want. Yeah, that's not true anything. in any other genre. It really isn't. I don't know. You don't think. Shut up. You don't think. <laughs> no, no, it is. It is. <laughs> you know, but you know what that genre is? Country music. Country music and hip hop have so many things in common. They're they're often performed by people ensconced in those particular cultures. Those particular people are often talking about things that happen to them in real life, yeah. right? Um, they're trying to stay true to like their hood. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the the hood, the neighborhood itself is part of the branding. I guess I should say. It's, it's, no, you're 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 speaking something, and I'm gonna be a little uh, a little. This is gonna be a broad stroke, but like talking about your pickup truck and going to bars or bars. Is your fire, whip? That's your whip, baby. Like you're 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 real right, and like for for. For Conway Twitty to be told he's gone to Hollywood or Willie Nelson to be told he's gone to Hollywood would be such an insult to them, right? Yeah. Because they, because in, essentially they're keeping it real. I'm keeping it country. I'm keeping it this. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. Yeah, I do think so. Because, because if you like, the, the, like new country versus Loretta Lynn, it's, but they could, but they could only do a concept track, country musicians, like once. 
You know, you're not going to see like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know any country music. So don't laugh when I say Randy Travis. He might be dead for all I know. But um, but if Randy Travis showed up in a video, you know, um, dressed up as a vampire or something like that. That's it. That, your one costume, <laughs> get out of jail free card yeah, is done. What's, what's but any rapper, can, any rapper can be like, like you could, this is off the top of my head. And I don't know why I'm going to say it out loud, but you could do a rhyme. Oh, Common sort of did it from the perspective of an aborted fetus. If you really wanted to, you could do that. Right, like it, it's just that that it lends itself to that kind of stuff, and that's why I think people should people don't show enough deference to the um, I don't think to the songwriting in hip hop. It, no, no, but they, but then they do. Like like Bill Maher had uh, Jay Z on and collected put his all his lyrics. I know one book, oh. and that like what a great moment. And then to read through lyrics and like even I every once in a while I'll have to clean up downstairs and I'll find my my box of rhyme books and go through, and I'm like, damn. And you will do it, right? Like, yeah. it, like li- li- I think hip hop lyrics, and even more so than a song, because a song you could say, and that's why another the new hip hop, not all of it, but a lot of it, is just phrasing. So instead yeah. of repeating the same chorus for eight bars or four bars, like a song, like I love you and I will, all those, all that stuff in between that, when you're rapping, you have to say something. I love yeah. it because of the, you know, it's, it's different. You get, it's a, uh, hip hop is a lot or r- rapping and seeing is a lot more dense. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a lot more content. So if you don't have anything to say, it's going to sound a lot more. There's two pendulums now. You remember how there used to be like, uh, like Fat Al used to talk to me about this, about how, um, trends in music are cyclical. Yeah. Right. So what was it? I think um, in in uh, in hip hop, there was almost a simultaneous trajectory switch between modern guys doing not complex shit, and then older guys increasing their complexities, right? Mm-hmm. So when the mumble rappers are like almost in their heyday, basically like like 2018, let's just say, um, Jordan Lucas and Eminem are putting out "Lucky You," and it doesn't seem genre to me. Uh, you know, like like I, I don't I know it's subjective, but "Lucky You" is one of the fucking more technically skilled rapper songs i have ever heard yeah just both of them both of them and um and i'm like this guy's like 47 or whatever he is right and then you go to like uh little vert or something i don't know whatever their names are but and then you're just and then you look at the lyric sheet because you can't understand them and you're like this is garbage this is not good so i I think the the intent is different our generation golden age heads of hip-hop the intent is to get something from the music, right? Mm. To get something from the music and feel something from the music. I feel a lot of this music now is, it's more vibe. Clubby. You yeah. know, you, 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 not even club, like it's a vibe. Like it's just, all right, he's doing this. You're not trying to get on anything to disrupt anything. You're going along with it. And hey, that sounds good. That's it. Like I, Like whenever my son plays me a song, it's like, I look at the time, it's like two minutes, two yeah. minute song of some dude re, re, repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and it, uh, so it's different. And I'm like, what do you like about this? Well, I like the drums, I like the beat and you know, but like, you don't care about what he's saying. He's like, eh. Yeah, if you've ever asked a guy, like a, a modern guy that, that consumes a lot of the modern shit, who's your favorite lyricist? They probably don't even know. No, like you say oh, that to one of these yeah, guys. I don't yeah. even know it. 
there's a possibility that a lot of them won't even know what a lyricist is. Absolutely. You know what's funny? I'm going to ask my son that. He's 12 years old. I'm going to ask him, who's your favorite lyricist? Like, well, who's saying something to you that touches you, that means something to you? And yeah, yeah just like Ruby said, like a lot of the stuff is just disposable. But it, I feel that the amount of content is why it's disposable. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I feel like, I, think, I just think that it's the era of the grift. And I think that if you can find a way to make millions of dollars without having any discernible talent in the very industry that you're in and your producer does all the water carrying, because that's all it is, um, then I'm, I guess I'm like, oh, I guess you salut, you know, fraud. Like, I don't know what to say. And, 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 and also, and also, I, also, I feel that we just, um, like, it's, like, it's, it's grown up, man. Like, it's not. It's not ours that way anymore, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a gigantic thing now. Right, you but when, when, when our adults were hearing Boogie Down Productions, Love's Gonna Get You, play out of our bedrooms, and they were saying, what? They didn't understand the lyrical content and substance of the song. Yeah. That is not applicable. It's just not. There's no, because I can do it. I can, I can go to modern rappers that are dope and be like, that's dope. His song construction there is good. That bridge came out of nowhere. Awesome. His lyrics are amazing. I, I mean, it doesn't just switch off and I become Forrest Gump and all of a sudden I'm just like, I don't even know what also, chocolates are. Also, you know? James, like, also, James, yeah. I'm going to call you out on something. Oh, okay. Unless you have listened to new stuff. Oh, that's right. I'm actually guilty about... Yeah, yeah, you don't listen to it. Like you don't like. There's a lot of really good stuff that you would appreciate that is new. I'll listen to the stuff that chart if it's hip hop, just because I want to see what kind of sound is charting. Okay. Normally, so pretty bad. Yeah. Everything that you're saying is not applicable to Kendrick Lamar. No, it's not. But but guess how? Guess what? Kendrick Lamar is about as old, like his debut to now, is like when we were in 1993. Yeah, that was like you know a Rakim situation or whatever it was. Like, like he's not been around for that long, and yet he's a veteran. So I don't know. You know, like I don't even know how to like frame that argument. Like it's just, I, I understand that you'd probably I'd probably be a much happier person if the wax shit. I would just say something like, you know, whatever you like, whatever you jam. You know, you be good to me, I'd be good to you. I, I, but I'm just not. I'm just not that guy. I, I wouldn't even have a podcast. Imagine that podcast. Hey, um, we're here with Lil Vera and Karis One, and you guys both are leaving with something equal. Okay, right. like <laughs> I feel it's important that you know exactly what it is. Like I'm listening to stuff, and I can say, hey, this is it. But you need to listen to it. To did you to have, whole, did you just yeah. Wesley snipes me? And I'm oh, Woody Harrell. No, no, oh, you can listen to Jimmy, but you're not hearing Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that you got to feel it. I'm just saying that your opinion on the music today is not um, is not a holistic view of the state of the art right now. You've sure. heard you've heard snippets of stuff that you don't approve of, and you're like, ah. You've dismissed it all. You've thrown out the baby and the bat. Oh, no, no. And I, what I've done is um, I've tried to make it um, so that it's wrapped up in a concise kind of soundbite. What you just did was shook the toy box and put it on the thing and then told me I didn't do it right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but generalizations should, should get a pass in this context. But yes, because there are good uh, modern artists. I just can't name any. Right. <laughs> no, because Kendrick Lamar is no longer a new artist. That, that's all I mean, you know. 
There's not many new rappers that are dope lyricists. I don't think. I'd love to be proven wrong. I would really love that. Nigel, you got to go. I got to go. I love you. I miss you. It was good seeing you again. And um, I'm sorry that you have a dog now. I know that you want to make it seem like you like it, but you don't. (laughs) Uh, uh, Say hi. Say hi to James, maybe. Say hi. 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 Don't worry. Your your life's going to sort of get better, I guess. But you're going to have nasal troubles your whole life. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. She she wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for human intervention. That's She's right. You're a product. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we should we should do this again. Uh, I hope it was good for those people listening. If they got anything from us, going back I, and forth. I don't even know if Nigel makes money from this, but if you want to go pick up one of his albums, that's digitally organic. This I is life life check the live thing. Uh, pediatrics. This was your live show that you did. You had a reu- like a reunited tour, yeah, um, or whatever, one night only, uh, December tenth, and uh, of course, missing uh, from that unfortunately was Sheldon S. Love, your homie, your best friend, and um, and uh, someone that I admired a lot, and um, and I still do that just before you go. That and uh, I don't know if you watched whoever I was talking to at the time, but um, I had a neural pathway. I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't aware that was established in my brain until after Sheldon passed. Which is um, when I found out, and then I wrote the next rhyme that I wrote, whatever that was. Okay. I went onto the uh, and and then recorded it in the bedroom, and then went on the deck to listen to it, as is my custom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was listening to it, I kept on th- and I, I I kept on thinking to myself. I re- I noticed myself going involuntarily. Imagine you're Sheldon listening to this. Mm-hmm. I had been doing that for years. I just didn't realize it until after yeah. he passed. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And I still do it. And I happily do it now. And I don't do it. Yeah. It's still not voluntary. It really isn't. What, what, <laughs> like, what would Shell say? It's like, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Sometimes I don't imagine what Sheldon would say because I want to still like the track. And then when I'm ready not to like it as much, I will imagine what Nigel or Sheldon will say about it. And then <laughs> we'll go from there. That's the respect thing. I actually like that. So it's good. Hey, James, man. Like, you, you came up with us. Um... All like all of us, man. Like you were there before before we were in the band, after the band. It uh yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm proud of you. I'm happy uh happy that you're doing what I think that you are best at. Like this is this is great. you you love a good argument and conversation and uh just keep doing it, man. Thank you, man. And I actually really dig where you're at. I uh you know, a marriage that isn't uh, falling apart, and uh, your life seems to be rather splendid. Thank you. Yeah, my marriage is not falling apart. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's good. good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I love you, not- man. All right, man. I love you, too. Nigel Williams from the podcast. Thank you for joining us here on Black Ball, buddy. Peace. My pleasure. All right, buddy. Black Ball. <laughs> I'm going to take that out. <laughs> oh, maybe he went. He's Black and Ball. Um, I love Nigel. That was uh, That was fun. <sighs> Did you guys learn anything? All right. Were you paying attention in the back? <laughs> What's going on? Um, I, it's hard to believe that the first time I think I went into Nigel's studio was like 1993 or something like that. What year are we? 2023? 30 years. Jesus fucking Christ. I need a cane. I really do need a cane. Um, okay. So you would probably like to know, or maybe you wouldn't. I'm going to tell you anyways, about who is coming on Blackball. And I got to say, they're all blank right now. No, I have a, I have a few guests that are 
sort of basically just trying to work out last second scheduling things. One of them is Mansour Daffy. He was the gentleman who was locked in Gitmo for like 14 years. And his story is incredible. The policy and how he got there, the, uh, the way that his case was delayed and delayed and delayed uh, through the black hole of um, justice at Guantanamo Bay. Hold on, I'm just going to get my phone to... Uh, you know what? His book, his book is called... I didn't plan on actually talking about him. Um, okay, Mansour Adafi. His book is called Don't Forget Us Here. Um, Don't Forget Us Here was written in 2021. And I'm going to show you the cover here in a second. Because his, his story was... A lot of you probably know who he is when you see him. Because he was on a, uh, he's been on Democracy Now. He was on a, he had a Netflix uh, documentary. So it's called uh, "Don't Forget Us Here." Mansour Adafi, lost and found at, at Guantanamo. Imagine being on Guantanamo Bay for 14 years. So right now we are going back and forth. There are some um, sort of issues that he's dealing with right now that are of the uh, uh, the unsafe variety. So you know he, he's an interesting guy. He lives in Belgrade of all places. Um, and so when he comes on the show, it's funny because he wanted me to send him uh, questions in advance. And I was like, eh. but then he gave me this dossier of documents that dealt with his case. And I was just like, I have like 8 million questions now. So, so um, really helpful kind of stuff. Really fascinating story, tragic, all that stuff. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if Gitmo is, is yet slotted to be scrutinized by the Hague or the Hague, whatever they call that place in Holland. Um, the International Criminal Court. But Gitmo, if I were to pick something um, that at least that we know of as a collective that deserves to be scrutinized, probably the place where you don't charge anyone and lock them in cages inside a country that you've had a seven-decade blockade against. I don't know, just throwing that out there. Okay, so he will be on the show sometime, hopefully either this week or next week. Uh, we have a couple other guests as well. On the 13th, we have Michael Price. I am going to attempt to finally put together um, a different kind of blackballed episode. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. And until next time, we will see you on Blackball. Bye. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker 
It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality. Theme-based with special guests. The Blue Hotel Hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.